0: This is the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com and the Big Change Program with Josh Lajani. This podcast is part of my mission to help you live a passionate and pragmatic life. to do. So little time. This is going to be a short introduction because I'm about to hop on a plane to go down to New Orleans to hang out with Josh, drive to Dallas, and maybe come back with a big announcement about the Big Change Program. But you'll have to wait and see, as will Josh and me. But today, uh, prepare to fall in love with today's guest. His name is Phil Green. I met him down in Marshall, Texas at Health Fest last year. We've stayed in touch on Facebook. And we had a beautiful conversation about his transformation from kind of a good old boy, Texas redneck. He's a mechanic for a living. He works on fixing military stuff. And he was eating himself to an early grave. everything fried. If it wasn't fried, it was barbecued. And he had a host of health problems, from high blood pressure, high cholesterol, pre-diabetes, memory loss, heart disease, lethargy you name it, he was miserable. And if you're a faithful listener to this podcast, I bet you can guess where this is going. And it goes exactly where you'd expect to discovering a plant-based diet, transitioning, changing his health destiny, changing his life, losing over 100 pounds, turning into a runner. But it also goes into a beautiful and surprising direction. This ex-hunter, ex-fisherman, found himself developing new relationships with the animals around him, whether it's stray dogs or a cow on a feedlot scheduled for slaughter. And that compassion translated into his relationship with himself, his relationship with his family, and really his relationship with the rest of the universe, including you and me. And it's such a beautiful thing to have a conversation with someone like this, whose heart is so big and wide and open, and who can talk to To other people who are where he was and be a a voice for compassion and enlightenment and a path out of misery and into health. So, next week I'll be back with all the uh, usual introductory stuff, but I got to run, so I'm going to leave you in real good hands. And without further ado, Phil Green, welcome to the Plant Yourself Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me, Helen. It's a pleasure and an honor. So let's let's jump right in. Can you uh, let everybody know, kind of, you know, a little bit of who you are, where you live, what you do, just, and then we'll we'll get into your backstory.
1: All right. Uh, my name is Phil Green. I'm 45 years old. Um, I live in Texarkana, Arkansas. Uh, it's a border city between Texas and Arkansas. Um, I'm a heavy mobile equipment, military equipment mechanic. I've been doing that for 13 years, but I've been a mechanic for over 26 years.
0: Gotcha. So you, you you know how to look at something when it's broken and figure out how to fix it.
1: Yes, I do. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs>
0: okay. okay, so that's a that's a, a um a pretty good brief brief introduction. Now, um, t- tell us about your your story. So you uh you had some uh some weight and health issues, I understand.
1: Yes, um, ever since I got out of high school, maybe even before, but I wasn't real heavy. I played baseball and kept pretty healthy. Uh, But I grew up eating the normal Southern diet, of course, you know, of uh, barbecue and uh, and everything. Anything that was vegetables was usually cooked in butter and had a lot of salt, uh, fried everything, Always plenty of people knew how to barbecue or or fry anything, so we always had that um, so I grew up that way, and uh when I started uh when I stopped playing baseball and I started my career, uh I was single, and of course, I didn't want to cook, so I ate out all the time, pretty much all the time, except for the times I would go to my parents and eat and of course, we always had bad food there. So I, my weight kept going and kept going, and every once in a while I would start a diet, and I would uh, lose some weight, and of course I'd gain back plus some every time. And uh, you know this just kept going through my 20s, and uh, uh, I did the Atkins diet uh, just before I got married. I lost like, uh, this was in 2001, between 2000 and 2001 when I was doing the diet. I lost about 65, 70 pounds and got down to a good size. And I thought, man, this is awesome. But, man, I mean, I felt horrible. I mean, I, I know you've heard stories about it before. Everything was greasy, Everything just didn't have any energy. But anyway, I got down to my weight in that. And I, uh, of course, after I got married, I gained it all back. And uh, after I had my son uh, in 2004, I gained... Most of, I mean, all my weight plus some back, and I was like, "Oh, I want to be a good dad and uh, be healthy." So I lost weight again. I did the Atkins again, and uh, mm-hmm. of course, it was a combination so, of Atkins and starving myself. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> and, w- uh, so when you did you did Atkins and it clearly yes. worked for the weight yes. loss, but you felt horrible. Like, what what made you go off of Atkins? Was it just you wanted to? feel good again or you just felt like you were craving stuff that wasn't allowed?
1: Uh, No, uh, I, I would reach my goal. And, uh, and then I was like, man, this is so hard to keep up. It's expensive and all that stuff. I'll just try to eat better. You know, I'll eat less. I'll eat salads. I'll, you know, I would think I would do better. And I mean, within a week I was already eating other foods and, um, it would just, I mean, explode back up and yeah, you know, what would you blame it on? You know, you always think, well, now I added carbs back. So that must be the problem, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, I've, I've been there. I, anyway, I finally got up and, um, I hit just about 40 years old and, uh, I was, very heavy. I didn't know how heavy because I I didn't weigh myself. And um,
0: can you take a sort of a ballpark guess?
1: Well, uh, yeah. Um, I ended up my wife set up a physical for me
0: because <laughs> uh,
1: I was feeling bad. Uh, you know, I had horrible, horrible uh, um, sleep apnea. Uh, I had a machine, but I could hardly ever use it because it was just oh, it was like a torture device. And, um, anyway, she set me up for this, um, deal. I mean, I've already had, uh, fatty liver, you know, I still had that cause I was supposed to lose weight, but, and the doctor said, oh, if you lose about 25 pounds, come back and see me in August. This was like in, uh, March of a couple of years before this. And, um, uh, he said, come back and see me in, in August and uh, if you lose about twenty five pounds, it'll probably get rid of your uh, fatty liver. Well, of course, I I said okay, I can do this. Well, I gained more weight, so I never went back. I was embarrassed. I never went back. So I had fatty liver. I always had chest problem. My, my at night I'd lay in bed, uh, and my you know I kind of get a little bit upset about this because I'd lay down beside my wife and my chest would hurt, and I would never tell her that my chest was hurting. And sometimes I would pray that I would be, you know, that I would be okay, and that uh, my wife and kids would be taken care of, and uh, if something happened. So.
0: I mean, you, you it, thought you were going to have a heart attack.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure it would hurt so bad, but I just wouldn't do nothing. But I'd take aspirin, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I really didn't take care of myself at all. Uh, I just worked and came home and played with the kids and, uh, and that was probably the most of it. You know, my only activity was, was, working and what little I played with the kids. And of course, a lot of that was sitting on the couch, throwing, uh, throwing a ball for them or shooting them with Nerf guns while they were running around, <laughs> you know, so I really didn't do the stuff I wanted to do as a dad. Uh, but going back, my, uh, I had had, uh, just all sluggish, feeling bad. I have the sleep apnea. Uh, I, I had fatty liver. I was uh, diagnosed with uh, high cholesterol a couple of years before that, and I didn't take any medicine again. I was just like I hated medicine. And uh, you were so prescribed to- the meds. Yes, but I never took them. I, I they uh-huh. sat on my they sat on my windowsill for two years. I never took them. That was at thirty eight, and here I am at forty, and my wife sets up this bill. Uh, Uh, Some of the reason is I knew I had a blood flow problem because I was starting to have, uh, let's say, a little couple of problems in the bedroom, you know. So she knew things were bad and I knew things were bad. So we, she set it up and I said, "Okay, I'll go. Well, I went to the physical and I went to my doctor and, you know, he he said the same thing. I had fatty liver, uh, uh, high cholesterol, high triglycerides. My blood pressure that day was 162 over 100. Uh, my triglycerides were in the 500s. Uh, my cholesterol was in the three. I don't know exactly the numbers, but I just remember uh, I had all these problems. And, uh, well, uh, anyway, at the end of the day, this was at the actual uh, physical. I didn't know all these results yet other than my blood pressure. And uh he you know, but we knew these things from me going. And so that day I weighed two hundred and seventy nine pounds and had all and I knew I had these problems, I didn't have the results yet. But before I left he said he said, Sarah he said, uh, what what is your biggest problem? What what are you having problem with the most? And I told him, I said, My memory is horrible. I said, I'm really having trouble with memory and that was probably the best thing. I could have said, because a couple of days later, I get a call and he set me up with a neurologist. And so I went to this neurologist and uh, she uh, went and she, she got the results, actually. And uh, she did a couple of scans and, you know, this and that, you know, just all that she's supposed to do. And uh, she was like, uh, yeah, it looks like you have high cholesterol. Uh, hypertension, uh, you have, uh, you're have, you pre-diabetic, um, you're having all these problems. And she said, she looked at me and she said, you're going to have a heart attack. She said, and if you live through the heart attack, you'll probably have to have a procedure, uh, you know, bypass or stents or, you know, those kind of things. And I was like, wow. And she didn't play around. She was like, serious. Yeah. And I'm like, I came in here for my my mind but she's telling me this other stuff and she said yeah and she said then if you live through all that you will probably have dementia she said more than likely have dementia or alzheimer's and so i'm sitting here and she's just like you know telling me the stuff and i'm like "I'm," it scared me and uh you know she was talking about medications and all that so and i told her i said uh, and this is another story, and I can get into that in a minute. I said, my parents take so much medication. I hate medicine. I, I hate every time my parents went to the doctor. They always get more medicine. So I was like, is there anything I can do without medicine? And she said, well, if you're willing to try it, you can do a whole food vegetarian diet. You know, she said you can still eat a little fish and this and and, and this and that, but. uh Mainly, don't eat anything processed. I was like, "Oh, okay, this is crazy," but uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I went home and uh, I thought about it over the weekend, and I told my wife, "I said, well, I'll give it a try. I'll do it for three months and go back for the, you know, for the follow up, and uh, hopefully my numbers are better, and then we'll see from there. So I went. I I started eating. Of course, I ate tortilla chips, (laughs) you know, because it's only got uh, salt, oil, and corn. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) you know, and I was eating sardines twice a week just because I thought I needed the omega-3 and all that. And, uh, but mainly I was eating beans and uh, corn and, you know, a lot of canned stuff, green beans, but I I looked for stuff that didn't have any kind of processed uh, stuff in it or stuff I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm.
0: So did when, when, so when she gave you the, the instructions to try a whole food vegetarian diet, did she give you mm-hmm. like a, a cookbook or a website or recipes? Or is, or uh, you just kind of – it sounds like you kind of like did the bachelor version of just cans of vegetables. Yeah,
1: right. Well, I, I didn't – she didn't give me anything. The only thing she did give me, and I forgot to tell you this, is she said she did recommend I read Dr. Ornish's The Spectrum. Uh So I did, but, uh, and you know, but mainly I just, I'm, I'm a, you know, all I knew was hot wings and pizza and hamburgers and hamburger helper and, you know, every once in a while pork chops. So, (laughs) so all I could do was simple. So, and I still do, but I mean, I started out that way with mainly beans. I would cook a, a big, crock pot full of beans on Sunday and I would eat them every day for lunch and dinner. And I ate oatmeal and fruit for breakfast. And I, and, uh, but also I would eat corn chips and tortillas. And, and like I said, I would eat like a little salmon or tuna twice. I mean, not tuna twice a week, but sardines twice a week. And so I wasn't eating the best, but I was doing so much better that I went back three months later and My hypertension was gone. My blood pressure was great. They said my cholesterol was dead on. Uh, You know, uh, my triglycerides were right on. Everything that was bad three months ago was all in the normal range. You know, I'm like, really? In three months? And I had lost 30 pounds. So at this time... That's when I, I said this was something that I was going to do just for the three months to get my, to get my stuff together, But I was like, "Well, man, if I keep on, what's going to happen?" I said, "There's something to this." So that's when I started looking more into a plant-based diet, but I was, I was looking into an unprocessed diet, and then I came across um, forks over knives, uh, you know, on Netflix. And, but first I'd watched, uh, fat, sick and nearly dead and I liked it, but I was like, man, juicing, that just seems like a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) every day, you know? And so, uh, the next, the very next night I watched after fat, sick and nearly dead, I watched, um, forks over knives and, uh, man, that day I was like, this is it. This is it. This is what I'm going to do. So, uh, I waited to the I waited for a couple of days and I went on a motorcycle ride, a four day motorcycle ride and we went out of town and uh I did my best but it didn't work. I mean I did my best and I ate all vegetables but some of it had butter and this but on uh September twenty first, two thousand fourteen I we got back and that's when I started. I said, I'm going whole food, plant based, no oil and from there, you know, I'd already lost quite a bit of weight from February until September. But then once I cut out the oil and everything, it just started coming off. And I had by, I'm trying to think, maybe March of the next year, maybe it had been a year and a month, a year and two months, I had lost 110 pounds. And uh, it was really quick, you know, and I was I was pretty surprised. But I never felt better. And I went, you know, once I cut out the oil and I cut out uh, salt and I cut out sugar, everything just fell into place. And I'm like, this is easy. It, I mean, why all those times on those other diets? It was so hard. And this is so easy. And I was like, you know, I'm like, I don't understand why I never heard of all this. You know, <laughs> I am like, you, you don't get it taught in school, you don't have your doctor tell you or anything, just, uh, you know, even if you just cut out the process stuff, you are going to be at least 70 times better than you were. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I, it, it was the best decision I ever made to go, uh, plant-based. Absolutely. Now,
0: during this time you're bringing your beans to, to, for lunch. You're, you're working with what I imagine is sort of a very masculine, environment did you did you get uh comments or you know challenges from your you know coworkers? yeah well
1: to tell the truth at first i was just eating the beans and the rice and you know uh you know you you went to the microwave which there's a lot of people i mean there's a lot of people where i work there's several thousand people where i work and uh you know there are a lot of them are mechanics and in our shop we're all mechanics so yeah, I mean they were like, "Hey man, what is the meat?" I mean, I, and then I tell them, "Oh man, I'm just eating beans." So I did this for quite a while, you know, until I couldn't hide it no more because pe- my clothes were fitting loose and people were asking me if uh uh I actually had people come up and ask me if I was doing drugs. Uh <laughs> uh but once I finally said, "Hey, this is what I'm doing." Yeah, I got I got quite a I got quite a ribbon, quite a quite a bit. <laughs> they you know, but they were like, Oh man, I could never do that. I could never go without meat or uh cheese. Really? You can't you don't eat cheese? And of course they always like but you can have chicken, right? You know, chicken's not
0: meat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, and in a blue collar uh, deal, you know, I was I was called different things, usually friendly. I mean nobody was really mean to me, but I was called some things that, you know, probably weren't very uh, politically correct, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as 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 it goes in a shop uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm imagining there was some it.
0: anatomical. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, once it started coming off, they're like, man, you're really doing good. And I started having people asking me, uh, like, man, how you do it? So, you know, I'm giving them forks over knives, you know. You know I bought the c d so I'm, I mean like if they didn't have Netflix, I let them watch it now, unfortunately, because of where I live, I haven't converted as many people as I would like, and uh but you know, I let people do their own thing i i uh but when somebody's feeling bad and uh has problems with, say diabetes or something like that, if they ask me, I will go into great detail to give them information. And uh, I have a little, you know, I got a little cheat sheet that I have that I write down all the stuff for everybody. And, uh, but yeah, I got, I got, I got rode pretty hard there at the first, but once everybody started seeing all the results, there was nothing that I could, you know, that they could say that, you know, they just kind of stopped saying stuff. <laughs> They're like, Mainly like, wow, man, that's, that's amazing. They're like, one guy, he always says this, and he says, Phil, you are an oak, you are an oak tree. He says, you, he says, you never falter. (laughs) He said, he said, I'm amazed at your willpower. And, uh, you know, when he says that, he says it quite a bit, you know, and I'm like, it, to me, I'm like, it's not that hard, you know, it's, uh, uh, I, I just in my setting, yeah. There's a lot of comments, and there's still comments, but they're all made in fun. And you would think in that setting that it would be a little bit worse, but it was at first. But it's gotten a lot better. And I know I'm rambling on, but
0: <laughs> no, this is this is interesting stuff because I know you know yeah. I know a yeah. lot of men who whose fear of what their mates would say you know yeah. their buddies at work or at the bar or you know i know you're a, you're an avid um biker um, <laughs> yes but, yes you know, i the, have <laughs> the, the, your fear of what they might say it would it would actually sort of like paralyze them you know they'd rather like have take take on the risk of a heart attack or stroke or dementia than get a ribbing like it's well, it's real I, you know
1: i i see that all the time at work i tell people i've got and I don't know if he'll probably never hear this, but if he does, I don't care. <laughs> I've got, I've got a mate, my partner, right. That works with me. He has, um, he has sleep apnea. He has, uh, you know, diabetes. He has, uh, he just has several issues, high blood pressure and all that stuff. And I try to talk to him cause we talk every day. Now don't get me wrong. He's been bringing beans and rice quite a bit lately and he eats tons of fruit. Now, he says, man, he says, and he's lost quite a bit of weight, but he still eats he still eats meat quite often. Uh he ate he was showing me the steak that he had this weekend. <laughs> you know. Uh so it is hard and it's hard for people to understand. That's uh you know, they're like you can eat you know, you don't eat any meat or like I said a while ago, chicken or fish isn't chicken and fish, that's good. So the main deal is it's so hard for people to understand a plant-based diet, and you wouldn't think it would be. And uh, I'm like, you know, everybody I work with, they're all, man, they are pit masters, barbecue gods. <laughs> you know, they, they 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 pride themselves in the, the meats that they cook, and they bring them up there and they share. And, you know, they're like, oh, here you go, Phil. You Oh, never mind. You can't have this. I'm like, I can <laughs> eat whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. I can eat whatever I want. I said, but I choose not to eat that. And, uh, but they mess with me. But like I said, no- nobody ever really gives me a hard time anymore. Uh, it's just funny how, like, whenever, let's say we've done good. We've met quota. We've got this done or whatever. Well, they'll have, they'll, bring in uh, barbecue, you know, so I'm like, well, I bring my own lunch, uh, which I do that every day, Uh, and other times, they'll get pizza, you know, so, you know, on those deals, I'm kind of left out, but I just bring my own stuff, and I, you know, I just eat with them and everything, it doesn't really hurt my feelings and there have been a time there have been two times that my bosses have actually bought me a huge huge baked potato and they're like here man said i went out of my way to get this i bought everybody else pizza and i went to this whole other place and got you this potato (laughs) and i you know in those cases i really appreciate it you know because i mean they didn't have to because i always tell them i said i don't want anybody to cater to me you know, I said, I'll do what I do, and, you know, y'all do what y'all do. And uh, right. so that's, you know, I, I kind of enjoy enjoy it, and people ask, I promise you, I talk about this at least, I would say, once a day. Somebody is asking me questions or mentioning something about my diet, and it still goes on. <laughs>
0: So, um, I'm trying to think of way. So, I'm going to cut out this pause. So I'm trying to figure out what uh, – okay, so um, what, what else changed in your life when you, when you started adopting a plant-based diet, when you, when you went, you know, like in terms of, okay, so now you're bringing your own food – um, you're saying no to certain things. You're making, you know, plant-based analogs. Like I saw on Facebook, you, you posted recently your, uh, your dinner of like, you know, hot wings and French fries, you know, cauliflower <laughs> yeah. and air fried. Um, yeah. but in terms of, you know, I, I don't know exactly, you know, your, uh, your culture or your views growing up, but have, you know, has, has anything else changed besides the food you put in your mouth?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I do, uh, you know, I think about, like, all my friends are uh, hunters, you know, avid hunters and fishermen. And, you know, I used to go, I never really hunted that much, but I fished a lot. And, uh, you know, ever since I've gone this, um, I haven't really, I haven't gone fishing. And I don't really... uh, really care for the hunting aspect of anything anymore i don't think anybody should kill anything just to eat unless i mean i I know that some people may not like this but unless it's life or death you know if you're in a life or death situation where there's only meat then maybe but i mean who's who's ever trapped on you know you know that whole thing where if you're on an island (laughs) (laughs) you know that (laughs) you know that one uh yeah, I don't, right, used I don't, to say if,
0: I don't think, if my if my grandma had wheels she'd be a baby carriage.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I tell you what, uh but my views on hunting and uh and I, man, I just hate anything to suffer now. It's just I you know, I didn't really like it then, you know, but a lot of the times it's done behind closed doors. And you don't ever see it until you walk into Walmart and go to the meat aisle and there and that's all you see. And, uh, but now I, I don't even like looking at the meat aisle. It, you know, uh, I, I'm not as far as some people say it disgusts them, but I don't want to smell it and I don't want to look at it. Um, as far as, as far as myself, um... It seemed to have given me a little bit more, uh, a deeper, and I don't know how this understand, but it's in my it's in my relationship with my wife and my family. It seems like I love a little bit deeper. I don't know if you can understand what I'm trying to say, but it's like I care a lot more about things. I don't know. It's because uh, you know it kind of helped my brain out a little bit because. There for a while, but like I said, I had a bad memory, so lots of times I just floated through the day doing what I do. And uh, now, uh, with a little bit more mental clarity, I still swear I, I didn't. Uh, it didn't get me back to a hundred percent because my memory sometimes is still not that great. But I am a lot better than I was. And uh, but you know, I, I remember things, uh, but I care, and I don't know how to explain it but it seems like I love my wife deeper and more, and I love my children more, and I care more about what we do, Uh, the, uh, trying to think, how like, I care about what they eat, I care about their health, Uh, it's not like, oh, you know, we're just here, I'm just like, you know, but they still haven't converted a whole, the whole way, but I think uh, my wife hasn't eaten meat in over a year and uh, that's pretty good. She's not whole food plant based, but she's close. But And, you know, I've, I've adopted, uh, well, I found a dog. It was following me uh, at Walmart and I couldn't <laughs> leave it. I couldn't leave it. So I brought it home and we tried to find its owner and never could find the owner. I went to the dog pound and, I asked if anybody was looking for him and for her and put a picture up and well, never found anybody. In fact, I found on the website for the animal shelter that somebody had found her the week before. And then I guess they, I guess she dumped her. So anyway, I, she was looking at me. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Now before I would have had no problem in resisting, picking that dog up. <laughs> yeah. But, but then I, I couldn't, this was two years ago. I was like, I couldn't resist. I, she was shaking. I brought her home. Now she's ours. She's our dog, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and uh, you know, and I guess this could segue into the, uh, you know, uh, the guy I knew that was selling the cow, Rose. And, uh, you know, I, I had an opportunity. I would have never done anything like that before. You know, I've just been so, like, oh, what? yeah. So what? What
0: did what did you do? How did that go down?
1: Okay, uh, I work with a fellow, and uh, he he they raised cows on the side, uh, yeah, other than his mechanic job, and, uh, him and his son-in-law. Well, anyway, they had bought this Brahma, this female Brahma rose, white, beautiful white Brahma cow, and uh, they were going to have her have calves you know they're going to breed her well they had her for about two years and she, she never produced a calf so they were They he was talking about oh man he said I'm losing money we bought her for 2400 he said the only way we can since she's not making a calf all we're doing is feeding her he said man she's such a good cow but he said I'm thinking I want I'll to send her to the butcher well he had already set it up Uh, but he said, we're going to send her to the butcher and get her, uh, you know, get her put out as meat. He said, I figured $3 a pound for, I can't remember how many pounds now it equals $1,800. So 700 pounds. Uh, anyway, I was like, really? I said, you need $1,800. I was like, wow. And then it hit me. I was like, what if I can find a place for Rose? And she doesn't have to die, and you get eighteen hundred dollars. Hmm. And he was like, he's like, well, he said, it's business, man. He said, I don't really care where the eighteen hundred dollars comes from. I was like, well, I said, so you don't care if, if if I can do it? He said, no. And he he told me the date, the butcher date, and I'm trying to remember, I believe it was April the twentieth was going to be the butcher date, which is which was like a month away. And I was like, well. I'm going to see what I can do. So I went home that day and I thought about it. I'm like, I don't know who to call. I don't know nothing. I don't know anybody that's in this. So uh, I did call a, a friend of mine's wife and she she didn't really, and she's in you know into the animal shelter and stuff like here, around here, but she didn't know anybody right off the bat. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to see how this GoFundMe works. So... I looked it up and I started entering information, and I mean it's really easy because man, in no time I was done. I was like, "Whoa, now this is real," <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I sent the guy. I said, "Man, I set up a GoFundMe account for a cow." He's like, "Man, you're crazy." He said, "No, nobody's going to give you money to save a cow." <laughs> I
0: was
1: like, "He's like, he's like, but if you do it," he said, "More power to you." tell. Yeah. Him. Well, as it went, I was getting – people started sending money. Of course, every time I got uh, anybody sending money, I sent a thank you every time. And every just about every day, whenever I, uh, I tallied up how much I got, I would put it on there. I said, hey, we've got this much so far. Help me out. And I was putting it on Facebook. And then I had my friends. I mean, even my meat-eating friends, they were so into it that they they were sharing it too. And, uh, you know, with me having, uh, you know, I have people that are, uh, vegan friends now on Facebook and, and the like, and people were sending money and I was like, man, I can't believe this. And we kept getting closer and closer and, uh, I'm like, I got to find a place for her. So I started looking around and, uh, I called some places out of town and everything, but I spent my friend that I had asked earlier. That was in the, uh, you know, with the animal shelter, and she she actually had found a place just fifteen minutes out of town that was a sanctuary for mainly for horses, but she had talked to them and they said yes they would love to have a Brahma cow, and that they and so I she gave me the number and I called them and they said yes she can live out her life here to, with no fear of being. Made into a meal, never be cut up into meat. She'll live until she dies here. I was like, really? And they were like, yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Well, then you're you're the people. You're that's where <laughs> she's going. <laughs> so needless to say, we finally saved up the eighteen hundred dollars. Actually, I got uh, it was it ended up being over two thousand dollars, two thousand fifty, I believe. So I was overfunded two hundred fifty dollars. So I had a, a friend of mine, which he, he is a meat eater he's a deer hunter and all that stuff. But he volunteered his truck and his trailer and himself, and they helped me load her up. I, I went and paid the guy the $1,800, and we picked up this beautiful white brahma cow named Rose, and we drove her all the way to just outside of town called Falk, Arkansas, to Persimmon, uh, Persimmon Hill Horses. And, uh, we dropped her off there and with the money that I had extra, I gave that to them for, uh, food and any veterinary costs that they were going to incur. Cause you know, they have to have, they wanted to have her looked at before they put her in with the other animals, of course. So, so, and, uh, that's how I went and i visited her. I've, I have visited her a couple of times since then and
0: she's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Does and, she know uh, you? I,
1: Uh, I don't know, man. I I can't really. I want
0: want this to be a Disney story, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I did too. I really wanted her to really know me, but like when I was, when I've gone, you know, she still lets me pet her and all that stuff, but it's like, all right, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like she runs up to the gate when I come up there. I wish it was like that. Yeah. Yeah, She,
0: she doesn't understand (laughs) commerce.
1: No, no. But that's all right. All I know is I did it, and people are like, "Oh, are you going to start saving all the animals and stuff like that?" And I said, "I said, well, I said I save animals every day. I don't eat them. I said I don't. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't bought any leather goods. Not to say that in our household that we don't have any. It's just that we had them way before. But since then, when I go buy shoes, I've kind of I don't. I look for things that are just man-made. I don't. You know, I don't. I try." So that's another thing that's changed. I don't look for anything that's leather, or or, but I actually go out of my way a little bit to look for things that are not animal, you know, made of animal
0: products. Oh, so I got to ask you about that because, uh, you know, you're I guess you're you're a mechanic. You're used to um, you know, th- th- thing like there's like gloves and shoes that it's hard to imagine. Um, right. with, without that, what, what do you, what do you look for if you're looking for, you know, protective gear or steel toed boots, where can, where can you get equivalent stuff that's not leather?
1: Well, I would like to say that I don't have, uh, anything I've, I've, the boots that I've got right now, they, they provide us boots and they provide us gloves, but I normally don't wear the the leather gloves. My boots have some leather. I mean, I, like I said, I don't, look for anything I mean I, I don't look for anything that has them but they do provide them I'm not going to lie to you that right now my boots do but I I am looking to buy purchase some that do not uh, so I'm sorry to say that right now but uh, I don't want to lie to you <laughs> I
0: appreciate that but,
1: but uh, uh, you know but as far as my, my, my shoes that I normally wear I don't have and I am Want, uh, if I do find some, I will share this with you so that way other people can get them. Uh, but Fantastic. I don't even, I don't, I haven't looked because I've had these work boots for quite a while and I actually had several pairs that haven't wore out yet. So, and I, I guess I need to go into, <laughs> you know, I do feel bad about it, but I haven't bought any more because they're, I don't know if this makes sense, but since it's already there, I hate for it to go to waste. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense to you. You know, I, I mean, the animal I think of it now this animal did die and this is its so and I, I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna just throw it in the trash. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody out there and I don't know if you'll edit it or whatever, but <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I mean it it, it yeah. makes sense to me that if we're gonna if you're gonna throw them in the trash and then buy something synthetic that was made in a factory for materials taken so like somebody's habitat. <laughs> You know, yeah. some 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 creature pays for everything we do,
1: right? But, right. Yeah, so, I, so I, we, I, I think we like can get
0: a little bit too pure and uh, you know reductionist about like, oh no, you right. know, I don't I don't kill animals, but I still you know pollute the earth and ride on airplanes and like right. we're all in this together exactly. to to certain extent. And when, you're,
1: and when you're riding in your electric car, you still kill bugs on the windshield, yeah. and <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I think about. I do think a lot deeper about stuff like that. And I do try to do things that are less, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, I always tell people I was already, uh, conscious about all that stuff. I rode a motorcycle for 20 years before I really started driving vehicles. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I I said, I really didn't pollute that much, you know, for, for a long time. (laughs) And, uh, but, and I still ride my motorcycle quite often, but, not as much as I used to when I was single, you know. <laughs> yeah, Ray. and kids, but uh, I I do ride it quite a bit. Me and my friends get along, and go ride to different rallies and have a good time. And uh, they take the way I eat pretty well. They they're just like, all right, man. What
0: <laughs> do you do? Whatever
1: you do, man. More barbecue for us
0: right well I mean when I, when I met you down in uh, in Marshall Texas at health fest i just mm-hmm. I just got the the a real sort of sense of the, your gentleness of soul, and I'm imagining that you know even though you are you know sort of outspoken about not eating animals and not eating processed food that my guess is that people don't feel judged by you because I don't get any any of that vibe that yeah. You know, the, well, so even you know, the I would I could imagine the guy who raises the cows could have felt like you were implicitly judging part of his right. livelihood, and yeah. you know, the guy, the meat eating guy with the trailer could have like. It feels like you you sort of mastered a little bit of live and let live and live by example and live through love.
1: Yeah, that, I mean that's kind of how I am. I don't. I try not to judge people. I don't. I don't uh, get on to anybody for eating what they eat because people have allowed me to eat what I do without very, I mean, with nobody has ever really been mean, you know, about it. So why would I be mean about the way somebody else eats? Uh, you know, I, I may not like it, but I'm not going to jump all over them and make them embarrassed or embarrass myself in front of other people and I wouldn't and not because I don't want to it's because I mean not because I want to or not embarrass myself it's just it's not my place I don't feel and I like and anybody can tell you that I've ever met I've never disliked anybody unless later on they gave me a reason to you know uh uh, and I don't I try not to push myself on anybody and uh I let them come to me and when I when they do, I mean everybody knows anybody that's ever met me knows it's a no judgment zone. <laughs> you know, as uh, you know, you know, you may not like even in mechanic work. There's guys that don't know what they're doing. They might be new. Uh, I don't talk down to them about what they do. I I try to teach them so that way that they can be a better mechanic and they can do what they need to do. And I guess that's how I've always done. I've never been one to jump down. And and yeah, I, I guess I'm gentle because you know I try to be mean, and my wife just laughs because that's my, <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll try I'll try to be mean, and it doesn't work. And I was like, man, I said I can't even convince myself. So uh, <laughs> I guess I'm just I'm not. I don't know if I've uh, perfected anything. It's just how I am. <laughs> Uh-huh. And, and, you know, uh, sometimes I wish I was a little bit more mean in certain circumstances, but I no, I'm I'm not a very confrontational person, and I don't push my views on anybody, and I don't talk down to anybody. And I think it's you know everybody's everybody's got their own thing. Everybody's trying to make it through life. Everybody wants to care for their families. Everybody needs to make a living. I mean everybody's doing the same thing, and every everybody loves their wives, loves their kids, loves their you know you know I figure if you have if you take the time to do the things that you need to do you know watch out for your health, watch out for your family, do your job the best you can, spend time with the people you love, then you don't have time to be mean to anybody else, and you don't have you don't have time to be judgmental to anybody else you you've you're taking care of your business <laughs> and that's i guess that's how i see
0: things <laughs> right. so aside from you know just your cheat sheet and and sharing with people when they come to you um do you have any you know do you do do any speaking or you know a, a website or a blog or something? like you know you I I think if I hadn't uh, met you at Marshall, I don't think I would know much about you. You're pretty sort of under the radar, low-key, and quiet. Are you you kind of happy to keep it that way, or are you looking to do sort of more speaking and advocacy and and sharing your story?
1: I don't know about speaking because, man, I I get nervous. I mean, I'm a little nervous now, but I can sit down and relax. But if I'm standing in front of people, I mean, I might as well just be propped up because I might fall down. I lose my hair. I mean, I've done it before. I mean, I haven't fallen down, but I've been asked if I was all right. (laughs) Like, you okay? And that was, you know, that wasn't even talking about anything personal. That was just getting in front of people. But I really would like to someday. And I know, you know, excuses are a dime a dozen. But I would like to uh, help people, uh, maybe lose weight or or uh, or just come to this lifestyle, I mean, it's, I believe 100% that this is the way to go. It's the way to eat. It's the way to manage your life. It makes everything better. Uh, you feel better. You look better. Uh, the food tastes good. Um, you can do more. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not a runner at all. But the last run I did, I got first place in my age group. You know, I have 40 to 49 and, uh, and I don't even hardly train. I mean, there was for a while I was running, but you know, like if I know something's coming up, I try to sign up for five K's just so I'll do it because I'm not a runner. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, if I, if I sign up and pay the money, I might as well just go ahead and do it. So I'll, I like, just like a, two or three weeks before the race, I'll start running and, and that's how I do it. I know it's, it's not the best way. But, you know, two, three weeks, maybe a month, I might run some and then build myself up to where I can go a 5K or a 10K. And then I do it. And then I may not run for a couple of months after that until, the, until I find another one that I sign up for. <laughs> and uh, and But, you know, as far as working out, people ask me if I work out. And I'm like, no. I said I walk every day. And now here's another deal where I'm weird at work. At my, I have a 15-minute break in the morning, a 15-minute break in the afternoon, and a 30-minute lunch. So at every break, I go for a walk, and I walk the entire time. I, I've got little routes that I go, and I make sure that I'm back in 15 minutes. And so I'm not ever late. I don't get in any trouble, you know. But, you know, uh, in that whole big facility, there's hardly anybody that walks at all, and it's huge. I mean – I work at an army depot. I mean, it's a huge place, plenty of place to walk, but you don't see very many people walking at lunch. Usually everybody's eating their chicken, and and, uh, then they go out to the smoke shack and smoking cigarettes, and then everybody else, if they're not doing any of that, they're just sitting there staring at their phone. And that's how I started walking is I used to hang out with guys at work. Well, then everybody got smartphones, and they're just sitting there looking at phones and nobody was talking to each other anymore. So I was like, well, well, since I don't have a lot of people to talk to, I'll just start walking. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I did. (laughs) I'm not saying everybody's on smartphones, but the majority of them are. So I'm like, I'm like, why sit there and look at my smartphone and everybody else is, and then you're not doing anything. So I take that time to go walk. And then I walk sometimes in the evenings and on the afternoons. And so I get a good, uh, I get a good hour's worth of walking. It may not be all at the same time, but every day I get a hour's worth of walking in. And uh, that's pretty much... And then whenever I sign up for a uh, race, I'll, I'll start running. But, yeah, that's, that's my other weirdness I do. Everybody looks at me funny about walking, but then you also have those that say, man, I need to go walking with you. And I'm like, come on. I said, you can. And one guy walked with me one day and then he kind of, he kind of stopped going. I mean, like the next day he's like, no man, I'm
0: not going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's like, you know, you've, you've figured out how to do sort of, you know, routine maintenance and uh, on the human body, you know, it's like you're you're still just being a mechanic, right? Like, okay, now I see what kind of uh, fuel and additives it needs and what kind of, you know, every so often I'll take it out for, for a, a hard run, but I'll just sort of, you know, rev the engine every day for an hour.
1: Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. And I, I've, I've actually put the, some of the things to mechanic knowledge. Uh, like I was telling a guy, he's got high blood pressure. And I'm not a doctor, and I don't even know if this is how it is, but it makes sense to me. I told him, I said, your heart is the pump, kind of like your oil pump. I said, it's pumping, and it has your normal pressure that it's supposed to have. But if you get any kind of inflammation, like if an engine gets buildup or if you get something constricting it or 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 build up you know inside your blood vessels, I said then your heart pushes harder just like a just like an oil pump, and you read your gauge and your oil gauge instead of running 40 psi, you're running sixty to seventy psi. well, you know you have a restriction, and I believe that's the same thing in the human body. Your heart's the pump you get a restriction or inflammation or anything that restricts the flow of blood and your blood pressure goes up. And, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, well then they're mechanics. So they like, Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so I mean, really the hydraulics and stuff like that in the human body are a lot like, you know, inside of an engine. I right? mean, uh, I mean, maybe not a lot like it, but you can refer to it and that'll make, make them kind of understand why they may have a high blood pressure because they're eating something that is fatty, high in cholesterol or uh, a lot of crazy stuff in it that causes inflammation and it's restricting your blood vessels and so therefore your heart has to, you know, the, the pressure in your veins build up on between the heart and the restriction. And they're like, oh, well that makes a lot of sense.
0: I think, really I think I think you have a honest. book. I think you have a book in you on uh, he- health for <laughs> mechanics. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. It reminds me of a conversation I had with Josh Lajani, who you know manages all. the... Yeah. He he, uh, he has a sewer company, and he was kind of oh, explaining like what happens when you when you get these like huge amounts of fat deposits in the in, in the wastewater, and like what it does yeah. to pumps. Like oh yeah, same <laughs> same as it does to us. Yeah, yeah. It's it's
1: it's. Uh it's crazy when you start looking at it in real-world ways instead of just medical, uh, how it, it just makes sense. You know, like you see the one every once in a while, like, you don't pour grease down your kitchen sink because it'll clog. So what do you think it does to your body? You know, I've seen that several times on Facebook. And uh, I'm like, man, that does make sense, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the real-world stuff really strikes you more – sometimes than a doctor telling you the, the hardcore medical stuff, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a mechanic. So I guess, uh, just the layman terms really is what I understand. Uh, I'm not going to say, I'm, you know, a genius or anything like that. I do believe I'm smart that I t- that I went this way, especially when there's so many people around me that don't and think it's crazy. Uh, but, I think the the one thing that I, I've done in my life that other than marrying my wife and having my kids is changing to a plant based diet.
0: <laughs> Whole food right, plant based yeah. diet. Yeah, that's 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 fantastic. And there's such um I mean I can hear such sort of love and gratitude and joy in your voice. And you know, I would I would so love for this to spread you know, beyond, you know, the, the, the urban vegan centers to, yeah. uh, you know, to, to, to all of, all of America and all the world. There's so there's so oh. many people who could be so much happier yeah.
1: if they and, woke
0: and, up in the morning feeling good.
1: Yes. And, and, uh, talking about the world and I, I don't, I'm not trying to change the world. I'm just trying to change my little area, my world, but, you know, and that's what I've been doing, but, uh, Again, just reading things and you're talking about the world. The one thing that bothers me the most, and you ask me, you know, what has changed me? And this is, you know, I said about hunting, but this changed me also is that I know now that if we stop feeding the animals all the grain and all the food that is produced for them, that we could feed the entire world. And that, and there wouldn't be no, there wouldn't be any kids having to go hungry or any person for that matter. That, that Mm. really, that really, that really strikes me. I mean, it really, I don't, I don't understand how, how you think that it's such a simple thing, but it's so hard to get people to understand. And anyway, that was my little tangent there, you know, over, over on the side here. But when you said something about the world and, and I was like, man, I said that, I wanted to make that point that, that, that really that that's really a strong statement that you could feed the world with the food that's already produced and yet we don't do it.
0: Right, I mean, yeah, I mean I hear I hear the sort of simplicity and pragmatism in 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 your outlook. Like, oh, here's here's the problem. We know how to fix it. Why don't we just do it?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh I do have a friend and a mutual friend, you know, uh Clay Clay Parent sure. And uh we talk we go back and forth texting all the time when we hear people making these and we're just like it's so simple, it's so simple, but we also understand that we were there too, so we, I mean we look at it from both sides because you know I was overweight, I had all these problems, and I didn't even know why I was just like i my family had the problems uh you know, so I guess I'm gonna have them and but I knew there was something there was something else. And if you don't mind me going into this, my, my parents, I told you I was going there. This is, this is one of the reasons why I changed. Uh, the, cause I knew the path I was going on. Cause my, both my parents had, you know, both my parents, well, my dad is deceased now. He died in 2014, just after I started doing the whole food plant based. I'm sorry. And, uh, but for years, I'm talking about a decade of me having to go to the hospital, going to nursing homes, uh, having to go uh, help him because he fell and mom couldn't pick him up and he didn't want to call an ambulance. So I'd have to go drive across town and pick him up and put him in a chair. And, uh, you know, your dad is the strongest man in your world. And, uh, And to see him like that, and then as I started learning that it was all because of food, you know, he ate, he ate a horrible diet and, um, and, uh, you know, he had everything you could wish against. I mean, he had heart problems. He had a heart attack. He's had, he had strokes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, depression, you name it. He had a he head a small tackle box for a pill box. You know, he took that many pills a day. And, uh, you know, he just got, as he got older, he got weaker. And uh, anyway, every time he went to the doctor, they would, the doctor would give him more medicine. And I was I was still fat. I was still having all these problems. But I kept, I, I'd point my finger. I was, like, I was like, why is it every time you go to the doctor, they either increase your medicine or they give you medicine, but nothing's helping. You know, nothing helps. All they're doing is solving the issue at hand and nothing else. And I understood that, but I didn't know what I was saying. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm getting at? I mean, I was saying it all those times and didn't even know what I was doing. And then when I found this way of this lifestyle, it snapped in. I was like, that's what it is. I was like, they don't know. They, they. I mean, you know, we have some great doctors in this plant-based world now. But you know, I didn't. I never heard of any of them, and uh, you know, no doctors are telling you. All they're saying is, "Hey, you got high blood pressure. Here's a pill. You got, you know, you got angina. Here's a pill, or angina, however you say it." <laughs> you know, you well, you know, these- I'll
0: I'll I'll come back to you know, to you being a mechanic. Like I'm sure it didn't make sense. Like you know, if every time somebody brought you a piece of equipment to fix, it never got better. <laughs> Right,
1: right. Exactly. You know, it's just and, you
0: said at home and, and maybe it's like the same or maybe it's just getting worse.
1: <laughs> right. And, and, and if you went to your doctor and, I mean, if you went to your mechanic and they worked on your car and you went home and it was doing the same thing, you would take it back. But <laughs> uh, but whenever a doctor tells you to take this medicine and it's not really working, and then they come back, well, well let's double it. Well, that's gotta work if this isn't working. I mean, but if you did that to a mechanic, you know, like, well, here, put this little fizzy peel in your gas tank, and see if that works. You'd be like, what? What do you mean? How's that gonna? How's it gonna make my brakes stop? You know, <laughs> you know, how's that gonna make my my uh, my oil pump pump better? You know, there's we always have to have the cure as a mechanic. There is no. There's no, you know, thing that kind of gets you along. You know, every once in a while you can. They they got these little snake oil things that you can put in there that might stop leaking for a little while till the swell, till the seal swells up too much that it pops out. But <laughs> but that's only a temporary fix. I mean, it's not even a fix. It's just a band aid. And uh, you know, I don't understand why people let doctors do that when they when you know it's their lives that they but their car, they will not put the best gas, the best oil, you know, the highest, you know, the highest octane and the most expensive synthetic oil in it because they want it to last. And then they go put the worst fuel in their body and they want to, they expect it to last 70, 80 years. And it doesn't make sense.
0: <laughs> right. And there's no, there's no leasing or trade-ins.
1: No, <laughs> no, there's not. You're not going to be able to be like. Yeah, I want another body. You don't get another one, you know? Yeah, you know, no. I, I'm reminded that, you know, I don't have like a bunch of loose skin, but I have loose skin and, and uh, you know, all that stuff. And I realize what I did to my body, but I'm thankful, so thankful that, you know, I was not so hard-headed to give this a try. And it makes so much sense to me. I mean, as a mechanic and just as a person, uh, you know, uh, that, you know, nothing has to die for your food. And then also all the things internal, you know, you, you put the best fuel in, it's going to give you the best results. So it's just, it's just good all the way around for everybody.
0: Beautiful. Oh, Phil, it's been such a pleasure connecting with you and hearing your story and, uh, and really, uh, you know, grooving on your mechanics perspective on the human body and on life it's uh, it's so you know sort of smart and clear-headed and and just you know simple to, to understand and follow it's just uh you know, after after wading through lots of sort of you know medical journals and and research articles it's really it's really nice to hear common sense
1: <laughs> oh Thank you. You can say smart again because I don't get accused of that very often.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask our listeners to, uh, to to reiterate how smart you are in the comments. Also, if, any, if anyone who's listening to this, knows a good place for the you know the uh, the non leather uh, gloves and and shoes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let us know me. in the in the comments or, or email me.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, that would be awesome because I've thought about it, but I haven't researched it. Uh, man. Man, I appreciate you uh, letting me do this. I, I, I'm very—it's a privilege. And man, if it helps just one person, be like, hey, man, this guy is a mechanic, or he rides a motorcycle, and or anything, or man, i just got this problem, and I don't understand why I got high blood pressure. Maybe I explained it good with the old pump thing. I don't know, but whatever works, if it helps one person, that's you know, that, that's that's awesome. I mean, even if it saves another cow. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Let's I mean, let's let's do it. Hey, if you could send, yeah. you know, send. Uh, I always get uh, like a headshot of, of folks for the for the for the blog where where your um, podcast episode appears. But if you could also send a picture of Rose, that would be awesome.
1: Okay, all right. Yeah, and uh, I'll see if I can get that to you. I know I'm slow on the email. I mean, I know you experienced that, but. <laughs> 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 but I'll, I'll, I'll to get it to you pretty soon.
0: I, I like to think of it as deliberate. <laughs> uh,
1: no, <Yeah. laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just slow. Uh, I, right. I well, as, long do, as long as I, you keep
0: winning your age group.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep on trying just, uh, every day. Hopefully I'll get my wife in there and then she'll win one for hers. I, 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 man, hopefully one day, man, I, I want my whole family to, to embrace it. I don't know why. I don't know. Why. I have so much trouble getting people to just do it. I don't I don't know why. My wife's closer than she's ever been. But I have the hardest time getting people to stick with. I got a lot of people that'll jump in with both feet and do the best they can. And then I'll see them, you know, I stop hearing from them and I'll see them a month or two later. It's like, man, you still there? No, man, I was getting weak. I had to eat some fish. And I was like, yeah. Man, you should have called me <laughs> one of these days. I hope maybe I can get out of this mechanic deal and maybe get a job where I can help people with their diets or their lives, lifestyles or, or, or anything like that. But I don't have any kind of degrees. I'd have to go and do all that kind of stuff, I guess. But, uh, anyway, I try, I try my best. Well, I don't, yeah. I think there's
0: there's there. a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways you can help people without going and getting a degree. Uh, yeah. So if you if you want to talk to me about that offline, I would I would love to see you becoming a uh, a human plant based mechanic.
1: <laughs> well, man, I tell you what, that sounds great. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I don't even
1: care. I don't even care if I make a lot of money. I just I just my life, and uh, I know we're I know we're about to end, or we're already in it, But you know, my life, I work as a, mat- a military mechanic. Well, since I've changed this way, it bugs me that the machines I work on are also used to be in war. And you see where I'm going with that? It it kind of – it's not going against me because I know that we have to stay safe as a country, but – and I want to make sure that our soldiers are safe. And so I work on on these equipment and make sure that they are top-notch. But it would be great to work in something that I actually get to deal with clients – people, not clients. I don't like it when people call clients. Oh, people. <laughs> and, and, you know, be their friend and be there and root them on for something and actually get to be a part of something for, that makes somebody else better. And, uh, anyway,
0: that's, yeah, I think that's, I, that's, I, you know, I mean, I, I think you have a talent for it and you have a, uh, you know, a very welcoming spirit. And I, I look forward to, uh, to seeing you figure figure out step by step how to uh, how to make that happen.
1: Well, I, I hope I can, man. I, I work long days, so I and I like to say, uh, you know, in you know, excuses are a dime a dozen, but uh, man, I, I work a lot of hours. Right. <laughs> yeah. But one of these days, I I I'm going to make it happen. That's that. I made this happen. I know that I can do more.
0: So. Right I will, well, and, if you contact'm ha- happy contact to, you. uh-huh yeah
1: yeah we'll contact each other and see
0: see what happens sounds good <laughs> and i'm and I'm happy to exploit you for some free labor for uh you know helping out with the big change program or uh you know to kind of get oh. get get you get you addicted to um to helping people in a more formalized way and then uh, then the sky's the limit for you
1: Oh, well, that would be great. And man, if I could drag somebody along, man, I know Clay Garrett, man, he would love, to, I'm throwing a name out there. He'd love it too, man. We could, we could partner up if we had to.
0: <laughs> yeah. And for, the, for, for those, for folks who don't know, Clay is the guy who did uh, my, uh, my podcast logo. So the thing that no longer looks terrible on iTunes um, is due to, due to Clay and his, uh, his design skills. So he's, an, yeah, he's another guy I'd love to uh, put to work.
1: Yeah, he's he's pretty
0: awesome. But, uh, all right. Well, but, Phil, thank you so much for sharing your story and for yeah. all you're doing. And uh, give, give a big hug to Rose from me and uh, all the listeners to the podcast. And be well.
1: All right. And I do want to say, anybody that listens to this, that gave to Rose, I want to
0: sincerely thank you.
1: <laughs> very, very much. And I'm sure she would, too. She knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm sure she knows even even, even yeah. if she, she, she's just she's just playing hard to get but she knows
1: oh yeah yeah well all right well thank you howard i, I really appreciate this opportunity all
0: right take care
1: all right you too okay.
0: bye phil if you enjoyed this episode of the plant yourself podcast please subscribe and leave a review on itunes and information on how to do that is at plantyourself.com slash review and for more information about that Big Change Program led by me and Josh Lajani, it's starting again in January, probably the second or third week in January. So coming up real soon, visit BigChangeProgram.com. And be sure to check out the show notes for today's episode with links to the stuff that Phil talked about at PlantYourself.com 248. If you're new to the show, you can catch up on 247 archived episodes over at plantyourself.com. And if you get the podcast, but not the Big Change Bulldog, my email newsletter, you can get that. I've been writing some pretty long articles lately. I like them. I hope other people like them too. You can just go to plantyourself.com and give me your name and email and that will add you to the mailing list. In garden news, I did some fun dumpster diving at the mall, and I got an entire pickup truck bed full of cardboard that I laid down and covered with wood chips. So in a year or two, those will be real nice beds if we manage to kill off all the Bermuda grass. In running news, I'm back to running. I bit the bullet. I bought a pair of Ultras. Sorry, Stephen Sashen, of uh, zero shoes. My toe is hurting so much that I'm thinking of the Ultras kind of as these cushioned crutches. I got some Torrens. They're real thick padding, and it allows me to run without pain in my toe while it heals. Um, on Next weekend, I'll be running the Baton Rouge Marathon. not going to try for any records, but uh, look for somebody fun to pace for that race. A bunch of the missing chins are going down there. I'll be going down giving a talk on holism and reductionism, and it should be real fun. I'm hoping it'll be warmer. Today I went running. It was 10 degrees Fahrenheit. All right, it's time for the thanks. Thanks to Will Ridenhauer for allowing me to use his beautiful song, Sabali Dawn, Dance of Peace. Check out willreidenhauer.com for more. And of course, thanks to all you Plant Yourself podcast patrons. Got a couple new ones, so let's see how it goes. Harrison, Lynn McClellan, Anthony Dyson, Brittany Porter, Dominic Marrow, Barbara Whitney, Tammy Black, Amy Good, Amanda, Hathal, Mary, Jane Wheeler, Ellen, Kennel, Lee, Melissa, Cobrachel, Barons, Christine Nielsen, Tina Sharp, Tina, Herrn, Jan Filkonovski, David the Mysterious, Michelle Excels, with Feldman, Victoria Dolman, Ovalia, Stoller, Alan Christensen, Colin Peck Michelle Andrew, Josina, Julianne Roland, Stu Dolnik, Sarah, Dirk, Rams, of Circus, Kelly, Cameron, Rain Peters, Leanne Peterson, Janet Selby, Claire Adams, Tom Franz, Jeanette, Bem, Gil, David, Donahue, Blair, Cyber Dorona, Bisock Geo and Carolyn Argentati, Jody Friesen, Ruth Ann Thunderburg, Misha Rosen, Roy Michael Warbeck, the equally mysterious Tracy Zee, Alicia Lemus, Rebecca Yusu Valen, and Ron- with cinnamon, Nick Harper, Stephanie Holmes, Martha Bergner, Nicole Ramsey, Susan Allen, Molly Levini, Inscrutable Harry R, Susan Laverty, The Panda, Vegan, Craig Kovic, Adam Sharp Karen Burry, Heather Morgan, Ashley Corker, De Kelly Michia, Dean Norton, Bonnie, Lynch of Plant, Happy Oregon, Sabine Kurtz, Nigel Davies, Marion Bloom, Teresa Copel, Shell Riddle, Julian, Julian Watkins, Breed O'Connell, Brian Sheridan, Shannon Hirschman, Kate Rose, Linda Ayat, Julie Lang, Holm, Hedegaard, Isa Tuzanois, Connie Hainlein, Aaron Greer, Alicia Davis, Olivia L. Heather O'Connor. Carolyn Jensen, Sherry Orlikowski of Plant Powered for Health, Karen Smith, Scott Morani, and Karen and Joe Crabtree for your generous support of the podcast. That's it for this week. As always, be well, my friends.